0: This is the Tyson
1: Durfee show, the place you come to take the limits off your life. All right everybody, so I'm here with 2020 National Finals Qualifier, one of the one of the guys that I really respect the most in the tie down <laughs> roping. I've had the joy of watching you come up and I and I know your path to get to the next level but you're a guy that has done a lot of things that not many people have done. You face some adversity and you come back from it, and I truly respect you for everything that you have done—not just for the sport, but for yourself to keep yourself going because that's so much of like my message. So, yes, first of all, man, I appreciate you taking the time to
0: be here today. Yes, um, I'm excited about this. Well, thank you for having me. It's truly an honor to be here. You know. You gave me quite a bit of help the past since I was 17 years old. I think yeah. I met you actually at 12. You came yeah. <laughs> to stay at my house for a week back when you were living in Rockdale, yeah. some. So yeah. known each other for a while. I'm just glad to finally get to come up on your show right here and talk about it a little bit. Yeah,
1: you know it's cool because um, for those of you guys that don't, you know, maybe know my entire story or Weston's entire story, I actually moved to a town called Rockdale, Texas, many years ago. And Weston was only about seven miles away. Yes, sir. And at the time, I when I bought my place here, like I didn't have an arena, I didn't have cat, I didn't even have electricity. Right on my place, didn't I? Had land. That's all I had. I had fences and land. That was yeah. it. No electricity. And I would go rope at Carl Cox's. Matter of yeah. fact, I would plug my trailer in at Carl Cox's, and that's Blaine Cox's dad. And then sometimes I would go rope with you. Yes, sir. Now to pre-frame this, guys, I was a national finals qualifier at the time, one of the best guys in the business. And I didn't even have a place with electricity. I was living in my horse trailer on a generator. Yeah. That's how, and, you and know. I remember like, you telling me yeah, you like living
0: off a generator. I lived yeah. off a generator, I was so yeah.
1: tight. I was like, I can literally live off one gallon of gasoline per day. Was it a champion? It was a, a champion. champion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, shout out to champion. Yes. I'm currently accepting generator sponsorships right now, and so is he, so no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. But champion is, uh, yeah, it's a good generator. And I remember going to your house the first time and meeting you and be like, son of a gun, you know, I I'd heard about you, you know, yes. And he's 12, yes. maybe on the cusp of being yep. 13 years old. Yep. And I go to your house and I I'd met your dad, I go to your house and I'm like, I watch you rope. I'm like, this kid's the real deal. You are the real deal at 12 and 13. And one thing that stood out to me was how well you flanked at that age, because a lot of times the young kids really struggle with their flanking. Talk to me a little bit about at that point in your life, how much were you
0: practicing? What were you doing to get to that point? Oh man, well, you know, at 12 and 13, I honestly practiced more then than I do today and just strictly because my body can't take it today. Mm -hmm. Probably because I practiced maybe a little too Too much much back then before my body was developed. But as far as, you know, the flanking and all that goes, I had a great, great fundamentals taught at an early age about flanking. One of the flankness guys you roped against him for a lot of years was, in my opinion, Justin Moss. Mm -hmm. And he's one that really, you know, helped my groundwork, I feel like. And, And that's what groundwork is. Like, to have good groundwork, it's fundamentals. Exactly. It's not speed because fundamentals create speed.
1: Let me ask you this. What's more important in the cap roping
0: game? Is it fundamentals or is it speed? fundamentals all day long, I would say, because I know a ton of guys that can go fast and that tie tons of calves in seven, you know, they can't just quite make it there. I feel like there's guys that are way faster than me, but I feel like consistency beats yeah, that's so true. I mean, and and that's the one thing I want to tell to people, you know,
1: if you're if you're young and coming up, you know, I get kids and people like I get hundreds of messages a day. Yes, sir. I mean, from all the social channels, from my texting platform, they're like, uh, you know, I don't have confidence in my flanking or I don't have the confidence in my roping. And I'm like, well, tell me about your practice. Like, how much are you practicing? Well, you know, I, I kind of tried it, you know, for a day or two or a week. But to create firm foundation technique you got to practice and practice and practice and do the same movement over and over and over again. So when I ask them about their confidence, I'm like, well, one way to get that confidence in your flanking is are you working out? Are you practicing that movement every single day or are you doing it like once a week? And I noticed one thing about you, one thing that you've always been confident in is your ability to flank calves.
0: Yes, sir. You know, it's funny when I catch the calf at the rodeo. (sighs) It's yeah, like a big sky, really. <laughs> I just you know, thought I'm gonna I, win. <laughs> now it's like okay, I got the hard part done. But yeah. you know, it wasn't always like that. You know, yeah. everyone sees now at the rodeos when the flanking time's really good. But you know, it ain't it ain't always been good. You know, as yeah. a kid, we spent a lot of lot of time. I mean, probably flanking and tying two to three hours a day. Yeah, running down the post probably seventy times a day, hundred times. You know, I mean, yeah.
1: And, and, and here's the thing, guys. Weston's dad was one of his firm supporters so yes. much coming up. And I remember, you know, for as much as I talked to you, I talked to your dad four times as much about you. Yes. You please. know what I'm saying? Like yes, he sir. was, you know, when you're 12, 13, 14, like he was your biggest driver and
0: pusher. Oh, man. He he studied the game. Yeah. And his dad was actually a bull rider. Yes. Right? rode bulls some. Yeah. And manages a freightliner dealership. Yep. Never roped or anything. Yep. but He's he's a type, if he's going to do something, he's all in. And, yeah. and we were all in, and we were, you know, invested at an early age. And so when he got around, you know, guys like you, guys yeah. like Fred Moss, mm-hmm. you know, all them guys, he would try to soak up Learn. as much yeah. information as he could. And we would immediately go back home to the practice pen, and he'd be like, hey, I was talking to Tyson about this, and yeah. you know, I was talking. He was – and I think that really is kind of – that's helped my roping because i'm not i'm the type of guy i have to have a little organization you yeah. know i have to be I have to be organized and taught me a lot of discipline and i think in rodeo that's something you got to have is yeah and
1: it's and i see some traits that carry from your dad to you you know a lot of people may or may not know this but a lot of times your traits from your parents will pass on to you in the form, you know, of positivity and negativity. Yes, sir. And I see that in you, like you're a very inquisitive guy. You know, we talk a lot about real estate, about business, about sponsorships, yes, yeah. you know, probably over the term of, you know, our relationship has been hours of talking about that yes, stuff. Sir. Yes, sir. Um, sometimes a whole lot, sometimes just a quick question, yeah. but an inquisitive mind is, is very important. Backed up with the hard work, to apply the thing that you learned. Yes. Sir. And that's one thing I absolutely love about you is like, you know, you will ask me a bunch of questions, but a lot of time your work ethic allows you to apply what you've learned. Right. And um, so that's just a big shout out to you. Now, fast forward a couple of years. Um, you know, you're you're 15, uh, and you are at the San Angelo Ropen Fiesta in the big preliminary ropen. Um, this is when, of course, I had known you for a few years at that point, but this is when I really started to take notice, yes, right? Um, you come through the plenary roping and you get in. Did you win the plenary roping? I the prelim roping out
0: there at the roping yeah, yesterday. Yeah. Right yes. And
1: you were able to get into the big roping with yep. the big dogs like yes, like me and yep. and Fred Whitfield probably yes, and sir. some of those guys. T- I mean, I mean everybody. everybody. And uh, that, talk to me about the pressure that you felt going into that roping uh or did you not feel pressure what did you feel being a young kid trying to step up to that next level at a, at a super young age because most people don't step up you know in their 20s you were doing it at 15 like talk to me about the pressure that you felt or did you even feel any pressure well
0: you know at that time i really didn't feel as much pressure honestly because yeah. i was very fortunate I, I got exposed at a young age yeah. to roping with some guys against some guys in the same practice yeah. pen. you know like when you go over to moss's house in the winter you have yeah. matches. i was staying there scott cormos kate swore and you're roping with them all day long yeah and so it's kind of you know they're out there tying them in seven and at 13 or 14 i expected myself to go out there and compete and, and compete because and of, win and and you know and i'm not they they took my money first for a little bit but yeah when i got 14 15 that's when I was able to really start I'd say 15 is when I kind of stepped it up yeah and from roping like really good kid roper to mm-hmm. start roping more like an adult kind of this yeah. you know the moves on the ground looking a little more mature yeah um didn't start making less mistakes I'd say at 15 that's how I really yeah. started average roping
1: yeah but, and I I'll tell you guys you know when we had this conversation, the final about being patterned time after time yes, after sir. time, you're like, you know, Tyson, what do I do in this round? Or what, what do you think the long-term goal is here? And for me, it's always the same guys. It's be extremely consistent, win good in the rounds and kill them at the end. And that's my strategy. And I feel like, you know, for you, that may, and your strategy can change and shift over the yes, next, sir. you know, 15 years of your career or 20 years or whatever it is. Um, but you're so patterned in what you do that like you said you get it around the neck you're just going kind to of dominate on the ground and it doesn't matter if a calf moves on the end of it a little bit it doesn't take your mind away from getting in there and flanking or if they are if they're just straining a little bit you still mash them and get the job done and i would tell a lot of people you know dive into what your skill set is some people's skill set might be reaching right shad yeah i thought shad as a super young guy i was like man he's good If he can figure out how to get consistent he'll be one of the best and he won the world um not so much he didn't have the finals he wanted but he he was so consistent so hot at the beginning and he really dived in and fulfilled what he's good at and it's it's reaching i mean he sees that throw a swing out for me it was consistency on the ground for you i think a lot of the same yes you know and strength strength is yours so whatever you have as a roper you've got to dive into that strength and lean into it while working on your weaknesses a little bit as you go. Yeah. Um so you're 15 years old. You're winning all this money. I'm sure your bank account's just like growing, right? Oh man. Like yeah, you got yes, you got money, man. I, I like I don't need dad no more. I got money in my yeah. own account.
0: <laughs> I would, you know, some years from 15 to yeah. really 14 to 17, I was yeah. I was doing blessed. good I you know, I got to experience a lot of things at a young age that yeah you know, got to go have dinner with Randy Bernard, got to go out to Nashville, do a show on RFD TV one time at 16. I mean, and, you know, 18 years old comes around and (laughs) you got all the money in the bank and everything's looking good. Then you buy that card and it's a little rough.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing. I I want people to realize that, you know, the best in the world go through rough patches. The difference is you guys don't see them, you know, and, 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 I go r- through a patches. The best in the world go through a patches. People don't see them because the TV only exploits and shows the good. And at the end of the day, it's fictitious for the people receiving that well, because they think, oh, oh, he's got made. He's got sponsors. He's the best. He's, but
0: they don't see all that crap that you go through to get to that point. Well, I remember, it's funny if you go back to when you came to my house and yeah. I was 12, you know, I see Tyson Durfee on TV.
1: <laughs> and then you
0: leave here, I'm like, Dad, he said he was living in his trailer. <laughs> for eight years. For eight freaking years, I lived in my horse trailer. It's kind of, when you look at rodeo as a kid, you kind of have this fairy tale. Exactly. And it's That's so true. It's, uh, and it can be, you know, it, it can be, but it ain't that way for 95%. Yeah. If you got to work to get, you got to go through a lot of the hard times to get to that, you know, place and. I feel like that's for me I I was a I had so much expectation going into the deal of yeah. hey I you know Well yeah I was gonna win and it just don't always work out like that. And and but, here to to compliment what you said,
1: everybody else had the expectation that you were gonna be right. beating – tough beating me like beating the best guys in the world yeah. at 18 first time ever and what people don't realize is number one cattle change when you escalate from the amateurs into the pros cattle change starts change starts change I mean, the distance change the box isn't the same everywhere you go you got a 20 foot box you got a 22 foot box you got to come out of the head and box and yeah. saline it's like everything shifts and changes and molded and in the amateurs you know or at least when i was going and this was a million years ago so i may be wrong about this there was a lot of opportunities in that pin to win if you were a really strong roper. Yes. You could still is. You, you could get a check on a, a lot of calves if you're a really strong roper. But when I stepped up to the pros, I realized that okay, on a pin of 10 calves, there's three, maybe four that you can get a check on. Yes, sir. And you know what? If you draw on that six, you're probably out. Yes, you know, sir. even though you gotta convince yourself, I can still go yeah. get it. I can I can still go get it. And sometimes you do, and maybe you win a fifth and get 500 bucks or whatever it is. Yes, sir. But the truth is, it took a lot for me to learn how to handle the failure because the failure
0: is really what determines your success. Yes, sir. Would you agree with that? I would. I would totally agree with that because I think really the only difference to me now, this year, and my first two years rodeoing, the rope is still the same. Yeah. It's all the mindset and how I handle my losses. Yeah. Yeah, and that's...
1: And we've talked about that, yes and and we've talked about that many times uh, but but the thing is is like how how do you learn Weston to handle the failure and not just kill yourself all the time and beat yourself up and fight your head for five days and let it carry through from one rodeo to the next rodeo to the next rodeo
0: you know one thing you you can't you can't get you can get frustrated you have to get mad at yourself to a certain extent, but if you get so mad at yourself. You're taking away the learning aspect because your oh, anger is good. Good. your anger is that, getting in front of it. That is so good. And you you know, hey, you know what? I ain't gonna lie. It's good. Sometimes, you know, you get you don't do good. You need to be mad at yourself. Yeah. Because yeah. if you truly ain't mad at yourself, you know, I mean, hey, I wrote I got emotion. I you know yeah. I've, I've been invested in this ever since I was five years old. And so when it it doesn't go my way, I'm not saying I just throw a fit for hours, but you know, I'm frustrated myself. And then after that 10 minutes, I'm like, okay, now what am I going to do so this doesn't happen to me again? Yeah. And you guys, wherever you're watching this, you need to go back and
1: replay the last couple of minutes because that is, I'm getting goosebumps right now. That is so important in somebody's life. Realize that the anger that you face when you face failure cuts off the learning aspect of what just happened. Yes, You get so angry, you forget to learn from it. The second thing is... And, and I'm probably a little bit at of this because I'm so optimistic all the time because I'm a little bit like you, especially when I was younger. I would get pissed. I don't care if I got home at 2 o'clock in the morning or midnight, run them some bucks up. Let's fix let's it. Rope. Let's rope. Yeah. Let's fix it now. I'm pissed yeah. off. Let's do it. And so you have to be angry and motivated to move forward and to go to that next level and put in the work and the practice,
0: even if it's at midnight when you get home from yeah. the rodeo, but you can't be so angry you forget to learn. There's a fine line there and there's a balance. Yes. There's, you know... Just like everything in life, moderation, you know, it's yeah. just kind of, you gotta, you gotta have it, but you can't have too much of it. And I feel like when I was younger, I had, I had too much of it. Like yeah. I would, you know, hey, when I'd miss that cafe at San Juan,
1: yeah.
0: I thought about it all the way to Kennewick, yeah. instead a of... A 21-hour drive, by yeah, way. Instead of, about it for 21 instead hours. Instead of yeah. forgetting about it when I went through Fresno. Yeah, you know, exactly. <laughs> on the way up, but you know what I'm saying, it's just, and that's just maturing. You it's know? maturity. And, and it, one thing about it, I'm way more grateful for my wins than I was at 16, 17 right. years old, because they came so easy then. And, and, you know, I feel like even I could, if I had the same horses, at 16, 17, I, if I had them horses murder year, I feel like I'd, honestly, I feel like I'd make it probably. But. I think so too. And
1: I, I think, you know, you were just too damn hard on yourself. Right. To be honest. I mean, we know horses and certain things yeah. and, and, and those are huge aspects, but the one thing I've always seen from you is in it, for me, it came with age. Um, somebody could tell me a million times and it just went on my deaf ears, but it came with age was like, you got to know when to turn it on and when to turn it off. Yes, sir. Like, when when that anger needs to be turned turn it on but the moment it's not serving your future turn that turn that anger off yeah. you know and when you're you know we've been knowing each other a long time and turning it on is very easy for you to get motivated yes, you know and, and i'll give you a prop um we went to brazil in 2016 together 15 2015 15. The, the year before your you yeah, yeah so we go to Brazil together uh, the first time. I speak Portuguese. I don't know if y'all know that. Weston, he don't speak no Portuguese. like Zero. <laughs> we go and we eat some food. He's like, should I eat that? I'm like, yeah, that's chicken hearts, but they taste really good. Have you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so we go to Brazil the first time, and, and he's like, you know, of course, Weston, fast. He's like, Mr. Durfee. He calls me Mr. Durfee. But I'm young, y'all. I'm not old. <laughs> anyway, he calls me Mr. Durfee. He's like, what do you think I need to work on? I'm like, man, we need to work out in the morning. And I said, we need to spend 45 minutes probably with flexibility because your body type is you're really compact. You've got a lot of muscle and this might relate to somebody out there. And, and that muscle tends to contract up. And when you're like stepping out to cross cattle, you know, it's harder on your hips. It's harder on your hamstrings, your goings, any of all that stuff. I'm like, you need to focus on your flexibility. And I will tell you people this, that when it came time for us to stretch, I said Weston, 5 a.m. you'd be outside this door and 5 a.m. we start workouts okay not to mention i probably went to bed about 1 to 1 30. i i this was before i won a world championship and i was probably drinking with the guys i mean i just was i when yeah. i go down to brazil i'd have a lot of fun i'd <laughs> drink some beer and have fun so i would go to bed really late really late And, mister, I say 5 o'clock to Weston Hughes, 4.55. He was outside the door. He beat me outside every morning. And I will honestly tell you guys that to a young person out there, whoever you are, if you want guidance from a mentor and they say be there at 5 a.m. and you show up at 5.15, that's a light switch. Your ass is gone. They're not going to work with you anymore. They're not going to help you anymore because you as a young person have to beat them to the punch. And I think that's something that a lot of young people miss right now. Um, and I, I thought it was pretty cool because I never had anybody beat me to the punch the way you did, you know?
0: Well, at the same time, in my mind, you know, how many guys, how many 17 year old kids get a chance to go work out with multiple yeah. masterminds qualifiers and my, you know, how could I not be up yeah. Yeah. And that, but that's, that's how I am. And that, you know, and you're, every, everyone's wired different. Too. Exactly. Some people are, you know, laid back more and some yeah. people are just more.
1: Yeah, and here's the thing: all people, there's multiple ways to get to success. Yes, sir. I'm just saying, like, what you did is one sure footstep forward to get what you want. Yes, this year. sir. Like, I know that you know, if I meet a kid, I'm out rodeoing or something, and this kid is like on the ball. First one to like when it comes time to tie the calves, he's showing up ahead of every. Like, I want to help that kid. It's usually the one who know? wants to win the most too. Honestly, I agree. I mean, that's that's the way I look at it. Um, but you know, everybody's their own way. If you're lazy, if you're a lazy person, that's one way to ensure that you will not be successful in the rodeo industry. You might be successful at something else, but not in the rodeo industry. It just won't happen. You gotta be hungry. You know, it has to be a priority in your life. Um, I want to move and shift just a little bit. You go through, you know, 2000 and fast forward a little bit. He wins the roping he go, we go to Brazil, he wins the rope. I won it the year before, he won it the next year, and I won second. I will yeah. second behind you. Yes. Sir. And um I won a car the year I won it. What did you win? Did you win a
0: car? I took the cash.
1: Yeah. I took the ray eyes. I took the I took the, <laughs> the, I traded the car in for the cash. Um and that's a pro relaxed rope in down there. Uh and it's it's unbelievable rope in Brazil. If any of you guys get a chance to go, it's usually in November. It's unbelievable. Awesome um, family. Awesome family. Awesome. My very best friends in the world. Um, but when I was talking to the, to the, to Alexandre and Eduardo, they're like, he's going to make the finals guaranteed the next year. And I thought it too. I'm like, you're going to make the finals the next year, 2016, you
0: make the NFR, you start your run, you know, and that's not the way it worked. You no, know, I can tell you how it worked. I came, I'll tell you what, when I turned 18, I was on to get that permit. I was yeah. and it. Hey, didn't go fill up the first rodeo. Went to six of them. I went all the way to Waterloo, Iowa. <laughs> this is Weston Hughes. To it was bouncing
1: my, everywhere. To oh get yeah. his and permit. Not, it wasn't
0: even counting for <laughs> points yet. Not yeah. even counting towards all my cardboards. You were trying and to get it. into San Antonio, I think, at the beginning, oh yeah. too. Like- I mean, hey, I, I went to them all, I think. But, you yeah. know, that year, man, it was a terrible winter. Yeah. A terrible winter. I mean, I had Oz... <clears throat> for Fort Worth mm-hmm. maybe one of the rodeo that winter and he had bad abscess along both my other horses. Mm-hmm. I uh, had three horses same I had two of them that I had when I was 16 17 both of them tore their deep flexure tendons both horses and Oz had a, a bad abscess and kind of didn't really have the right yeah. setup for the winter going to the summer with like 3,000 and uh well, fast forward to September, I'm in the top fifteen. Yeah. And kinda got my horses or Oz. I didn't have the other two yet, but kinda got him back going that summer. And you know, horses just kinda old, kinda yeah. couldn't just, really take it no more and just kinda fell yeah. down in September and and ended up winning the rookie of the year, but not making the finals yeah. wasn't my goal. Even though I won rookie, it's a yeah. huge accomplishment and you know, looking back at it now, I wish I would have been more grateful for that yeah at the time because mm-hmm. I, it was so overlooked because i didn't make the finals yeah and you know there's one thing about it you, you're only a rookie one time that's right and then you can only get one rookie of your buckle yeah and so looking back at it now i wish i would have kind of enjoyed it a little. enjoyed bit. it a little bit yeah. more
1: and that's what i'm yeah. working on now but and so many times you know guys that he said something very profound there i mean to me a very profound because we all expect to win you yeah. know we all expect to win we expect to do good um, and the moment that we win, it's just expected. So it's a neutral emotion in your body. It's a neutral emotion. It's like, I just won. I expect to win. I'm happy, but let's go to the next one. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? You're like, and, but the moment you do bad, it's like the world's ending. The world's ending. Yeah. Like I did terrible. I can't believe I did that. Oh, I'm an idiot. I'm stupid. And then you expose, expose that. And I want to tell you guys something, a negative, uh, <clears throat> A verbalized negative statement is seven times more powerful than a positive one. This is a study, seven times more powerful. So <clears throat> if you beat yourself up after a run, you're gonna take at least seven positives to equal that negative, right? One thing that Weston said is very important. When you feel, when you win, you have to like accept it, feel good about it. I did that when I won the world finally. I thought, oh, this is <clears throat> you know, the year the ERA came out. I didn't legitimately win it because, you know, Trevor wasn't there. Tough wasn't there. Like all these little negative things were playing over my head, which was robbing me of the joy of being the champ for a year. And I've done it many times. Uh, So wherever you guys are at, man, recognize that you have to enjoy the feeling and just hold on to it. And one thing that I do is I go back and I relive that experience if I haven't been winning. Like if I go for an extended right. period and I'm not winning, I have a highlight video. It's like seven minutes long of me tying cabs in seven, just nonstop. And I watch it and I feel it and I live it. And I say, yes, that's, that's what I want. That's what I'm going to get back. And I go back and get it. Um, and I want to fast forward a little bit more, you know, 16, you barely miss the finals. 17...
0: Uh, you, you don't same, make the finals. Same deal. Yeah. Top 15 all the way. Yeah. End of September. Fall yep. out. Last couple weeks. Yeah. You know. 18. Come back. Come back. Have a. Just a rough year, really, huh? 18 is a rough year.
1: Yeah. Come back. In yeah. 19, the guy is kicking ass again in the top 15. Now, I want you to realize this. He's been in the top 15 in September within 30 days of the season ending three times to this point. Eighteen, not so much.
0: Eight, well, eighteen. I was actually sent 12th in the world when I broke my arm.
1: Yeah, yeah. Another deal. 19, and I want to get to this because we're running out of time, and I want, I really want to get to this, and then through the NFR. Um, 19, the guy ropes I think as good as you ever have. You know, you're you're coming into uh, September. You know, we're at the tail end of August. Um, He's in the top 15. And I did. I wasn't there. I didn't go. I had the finals made so early that year, I wasn't rodeoing at all in the yes. fall. And I heard that you could barely walk out of the arena in Caldwell, Idaho.
0: Oh, man. I tell you what. It was in 20, I, after the fourth that that year in 2019, I uh, I was out until the first week of mm-hmm. August. So I missed basically the majority of the month yeah. of July. Yeah. I came back first week of August. I think I was 22nd coming into that week. I go. I up, I start entering. I mean, rodeos everywhere. Crazy. This guy is everywhere. He's in New York. He's yeah. in freaking Washington. He's in
1: Florida. And this guy and on planes bouncing uh, around. I mean, you went everywhere, planes, Every, and he still
0: does it. This is this is right. how he rodeos, but planes, train automobiles, <laughs> man. I mean, that's that's how you get around. It. And I had a, a lot of rodeos on my count. Yeah,
1: because you were hurt, so long, hurt so long. Much. You could go as
0: much as you could. Exactly. Yeah. And so you know, I made it. Got back up to eleventh in a yeah. week that week, mm-hmm. and. uh. Back went out at Kennewick. Had a, I remember Marcos Costa carried me like a big old baby, threw yeah. me over shoulder, yeah. and walked me out of the room. Talk to me about what happened to your back and the struggle that,
1: like, initially, don't go into the struggle, but what happened to your back to cause that pain?
0: I had um, two ruptured discs, two mm-hmm. ruptured herniated discs in my back, and um, they had been, well, they said one had been messed up for five years.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I would tell you guys that for as much as he worked
1: hard and I know we talk about working hard, it's important that you work hard at when you're young, but you're also smart too. Yes. Like I wasn't taught to be smart. Like if you, you know, uh, broke your collarbone, which I did. The guys were like, and my dad and the crew, like the ranch, cause it was all guys. is like, get your ass up. We're going to, you're, you're a wussy if you, uh, uh, don't get back up on the horse. Right. And so That's just the way it was for me. And you're a lot the same way, like toughen up, let's go, you know, let's get with it. And I remember looking back to that, that day, was it at Caldwell or Kenway where you hurt your back? It it was, it was,
0: it was was hurt at Caldwell. I could hardly walk at Caldwell, but I, I kept going. Yeah.
1: And I remember saying that, I hearing them say like, Weston's out, he's done for the season. I'm like, oh my gosh, like this kid, you know, has fought for everything he had. He was so good, and then now he struggled in 16 set. Like and struggle, guys. He still won some big rodeos. He still won, but you know, our goal is to make the final. goal of Man. Like that's yes. a that's a like a minimum goal. Like your goal should be to win the world. Yes. You know. Um, and I'm like, man, here comes again. His you know his back's out, and then in my mind, I'm like, why doesn't he just toughen up? Like if anybody can toughen up, Weston can do it. And I didn't realize how bad the back trouble was until no. i face my own this year and right. there gets to a point where your legs just don't work guys they yeah. don't work
0: no it uh i couldn't yeah I, like this year i had a hard time getting my feet to even move well you, you know I, I remember back in 2019 walking up to the shoreline at yeah. reno me falling on my face in the park a lot because my legs just quit working they quit working it's, yeah. it was a nerve deal it's just you can't get around the nerves
1: no no you know, and that's but i think what the biggest testament is <clears throat> is for you you come back 2019, you you obviously just barely missed the finals because you couldn't rodeo the last month and a half of the season. You come back 2020, you're strong all the way through. You're pretty healthy all the way through. You get your first buckle, yes, or your first, excuse me, your first back number. Yes, sir. and you know you go on to the finals, have really a much better finals than I did. My first NFR, I think I placed in two rounds or three rounds. My first NFR, and if if you know a couple like a bad catch and stuff, you know. Few little things change a little bit. You win a whole bunch of money at the finals, but talk to me about like your first NFR. You know, handling
0: the pressure and, and all that. Like, what was the experience like? Well, you know, going into the first NFR, I would say my my get what my game plan was was to be about that far off the barrier and just go tie them all down in eight two. Yeah, and if they pay me, they pay me. I was roping, you know, mm-hmm. for the average. And so going into it, I never. I never really looked at like winning the world or trying to win the world or anything like yeah. that. I was just trying to go out there and make my best Be run. And I really think that allowed me to enjoy the finals more because I was mm-hmm. roping in my comfort zone, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. And it just, you know, placed six out of 10 rounds, you yeah. know, and it's it, great. It went better than, I don't know I can say better than I planned because obviously I planned for it too. Sure. better. But... And I'm not going to say. And I'm you still, how much you win? 85000 85000 That's a pretty good 10 days work. <laughs> yes, yeah, sir. And you know what? I'm not going to say that I'm satisfied with what I won either because I want to obviously win more, but I'm happy. I'm yeah. grateful yeah. for what I won. And the yeah. one difference about 2020 and the past years, you know, even 2019, 2018, all the years prior was when I left the rodeo and I won a check, i was like thank you yeah you're instead, grateful instead of being like well gosh dang it i should have won i should have won second or yeah, first yeah, instead yeah. i won fifth but you know i was like thank you just for letting me get to the next one because yeah them years of not making the finals is hard on it you. it humbles checkbook.
1: you it makes you you know <laughs> well, you're like, you're, like grateful you're, you're broke yeah and that's I ain't a
0: lot of no one you're yeah broke.
1: that's the thing you know i spent like i said to y'all you know i spent eight years living in my horse trailer the first place i bought here in texas I didn't have electricity on it for a year and a half. Now, sometimes I'll plug it in at my friend's house, but sometimes, a lot of the time, like I would just live off a little champion generator. I put one gallon of gas in it every day because it didn't have any money. I didn't have any money. And there weren't sponsors. Like, yeah. you know, 08, 09, there weren't the, the sponsors that there are out there that are accustomed to sponsoring athletes. Yes, and I think that, you know, I, I want to, first of all, anybody that's out there that is interested in, you know, being involved with the rodeo athlete, like he has my 100% endorsement. You know, anybody who's listening to this at any point, if you want to get behind a young man that is humble, kind, uh, works his tail off, believes in himself, and is really the epitome of what I think a young man should be, is this guy right here. I would 100% tell you guys to go get in contact with him via social media or wherever. And if you're a company that can afford it, this guy is a perfect athlete for you to sponsor i um,
0: appreciate it Thank yeah you.
1: It yeah yeah no no worries but you get into the finals 2020 it it with some aspects it went good some aspects it went bad right. but what did it feel like to get that back number because that's like it's something you dream about right what did it feel like to get that back number that says you know nfr on it
0: because a lot of time and a lot of pain to get that back number. Yeah. Yeah. And it finally felt like it was all worth
1: it. <laughs> it is. And you know what? What I think is cool about that is you're going to get a lot more of them. It's not a one and done for you. Well. You're, if you want it, <laughs> you're, you're going to get a lot more of those.
0: I'm going to try to get them. You know, do my dangness. I know they're hard yeah. to get, but I'm going to try.
1: Yeah. And guys, you know, the sincerity in his voice there is a lot of people don't understand the struggle that, that we both have gone through and that some people go through to get those back numbers. I mean, literally months without sleep, uh, horses that get hurt and take your, your body gets hurt. The axles that go out of your trailer, the trucks you blow up like, and, and much like Weston and myself, like when I started rodeoing and I know you did too, everything I had went into it, even to the point where I had no money. And then I started borrowing money on credit cards and and credit lines and <laughs> anything I could do to keep going. Uh, but it does put out a level of confidence for you that once you go to that point, you're willing to do whatever it takes. Like yes, it, sir. it, it, it allows you to know the pressure that you can take. Um, talk to me a little bit about that go round win that you won at the finals. Cause oh, that's <laughs> like, those belt buckles are a one of a kind belt buckle. Yes sir. One of my goals was to get a go round buckle because it was the belt buckles were actually already made going to Las Vegas and yeah. they had to change them and put a Texas
0: state emblem on them. So they're very unique. They're very much a one of a kind. Yes, How'd that feel? Oh man, just you know, growing up and you know, real good friend of mine's Mr. Mango, Lana Mango. Yeah. yeah. You know, he's always wearing his NFR buckle yeah. from like ninety two and yeah. you know, <laughs> looking at everyone everyone that's made the finals and where's your go round buckle. That's something I'm always dream of being able to wear. Yeah. And man, just to get it in my hands i had it on my belt as soon as i got it it was on there i ain't taking it off since
1: yeah that's man that's so awesome um i would encourage anybody that's watching right now in the community to start asking questions online um i'm going to be pulling up my phone here in a second we're going to start asking questions here in a few minutes uh we're going to spend a few minutes on that um but that buckle is, is is so important. I remember my first buckle and I remember what it what it felt to me. It felt like a liberating experience. Like I'm not only am I here, but I've just arrived, you know, yes, like, sir.
0: like you feel like you belong,
1: you feel like you belong, you know, yep. and, and it's like one of those belong. things where, um, qualifying is one thing, but being a figure there is a different thing. Yes, and sir. for several years I just qualified. I didn't do anything there, you know, so when you
0: get that buckle, it feels great. Um, what's next for you? Odessa, yeah. Odessa Friday and between now and Friday, hunker down, get focused. Yeah. I've had a few weeks off. I've been hanging out at my girlfriend's yeah. house and with her family in mm-hmm. Cheyenne. You know, had the holiday break and really haven't had a break since yeah. I was eighteen. Honestly, because yeah. even though, even when I was hurt and not able to rope it's mentally you're still fighting oh yeah all the time you know it's like now it's kind of like and that's, good to get the little middle break but i'm ready <laughs> to get back after it because you know i know there's another kid out there they ain't got that back number yet
1: that's You it's trying,
0: trying to get my spot yeah. <laughs> and i gotta try to defend it so and that's 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 for me is one of the things that's
1: why i've been doing this so long you know and and uh is i see young guys like you I mean, there's a whole field of them. You got, you know, Ty Harris, Haven, Chad. I mean, there and there's more coming. You know, I and yeah. I have to fight for my spot to stay relevant in that top 15. And and that's a good thing. And there's two things for it. Number one, I always take a couple of weeks off every year. That way I'm fresh and I'm hungry and I want to fire again in, in January. Yes. Um, but then seeing you young guys, for me, instead of being like, you know mad that all these young guys are coming in like i'm actually happy i'm actually right. i'm actually happy that you guys you come up. in because you know i'm like the sports doing good yes sir if you know if it's all it's not all about me it's about the sport i want the sports to do good and don't get me wrong when i'm back in the corner i want to kick your butt yeah but when you back in the corner i'm probably going to be cheering for you as well Yes, sir. you know what i mean yes sir. um so you got 2021 coming up um and let's say for example you run into a kid somewhere. And maybe it's at a concession stand or maybe it's behind at the trailers. And he says, you know, Weston, I I, I love this sport. I wanna be involved in rodeo. Um, what's your, what do I need to do to be successful? And he had two minutes with you and you may never get to see him again. It's the last time you could talk to him about this. What What would that one thing that you would
0: tell him to be successful in the rodeo industry, what would it to be? Don't lose sight of your long-term goal. Yeah. And you gotta have a short memory. Yeah, <laughs> that's one thing about it. You got to have a short memory in Rodeo, but you can't lose sight of your long-term goal because there's going to be times where, you know, like my long-term goal, you know, you know, make the finals. And it took me, you know, four mm-hmm. years, five years to get it done. Mm-hmm. And even through the rough rough parts of it, when I thought, man, it ain't looking so good, I yeah. still had that, bit, you know, that goal and set, and I still kept working towards it. And I think that's what gets most people. There's a lot of guys that, you know, you go out there and you see them rodeo for two years and you don't go back out there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it don't work out that way for everyone. No. Sometimes you just got to fight through it until your time comes until everything kind of lines up. Right. But you have to be ready and prepared for when that time comes. Yeah. You can't be, you know, Oh, poor me, Oh my, and yeah. not be ready to jump on it. Cause it, it, it Throughout the some years, I roped the same. Yeah. But when my opportunity was there, you know, you were ready to get it, I was ready to get it. When, when my back got right, I was ready. When I was fortunate enough to get on a great lease horse, I did this year, owned by Bruce Warren and managed by Justin Moss. Yeah. As soon as I was roping good, so when I got under, he got underneath yeah. me. We went to win. You so, know, which is which is so important. You know, we we've, we've talked about horsepower and stuff, and and
1: Justin, you know, I've known Justin a long time. I watched Justin as a kid. I was coming up. He was already in the mix. Yes, And, you know, the guy comes up with nice horses. He just has, you know. And I think that, um, you know, finding that solid horse for you has has been a huge attribute to your career. Yes, sir. I think that's great, man. First of all, I want to say thanks for you for being here today. Thanks for taking the time out of the schedule. I know you were kind of driving through anyway. and It worked out really good. But I think what you're giving back to people now is something that you're going to look back on and be thankful for. And I know everybody watching is 100% thankful for it as well.
0: Man, thank you for allowing me to come on here on this platform, just kind of, yeah, you know, say what I got, say what goes through my mind a little bit. Not saying it's right or not, but... It works for you and you're doing damn good. Well, I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, cool. Well, Weston, thanks for being here, I man. I sure appreciate really it. Appreciate thank, you. thank you very much.
1: Hey guys, I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Tyson Durfee Show. If you don't mind, please, please, please subscribe to this podcast if you felt like you got value. Also, if you don't mind, write a review. Both of those things significantly help me out in getting the show to more people. And don't forget that there are more episodes. So go on to the next one. Give it a listen and I'll see you guys soon. Adios.